0: Well, I'm a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun, I guess.
1: Wear a captain suit. The show from now on.
0: I don't like to have porn. Well, That's called the hook.
1: I don't like that's it. What the hook? How do you, you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm gonna have a coronary. Wrong, it's uh, Paulie and Brian Higgins with you today. Get a fresh look at uh, a set of eyes on the Syracuse Louisville game. We'll look forward to UConn with Brian, our pregame host, up on the quad, our postgame host, with Eric Dungy. I uh, w- Syracuse beats Louisville, Brian, and I'm so flustered because I'm reading our show rundown and I'm trying to figure out. When you get a young kid as your producer, mm-hmm. and he tries to make it, a, an analogy to the start of the season, right, and it's completely wrong, I, I get I get a little flustered. You were,
0: you've been flustered. Yes. You're a little flustered. That's so, okay. We'll work on so your flustered so, level. And,
1: and I'll share it with everybody, and I want him in here for this, because I want to explain to him how completely different of a situation this is from the 1997 season. In, um so many ways <laughs> yeah. so brian what did you uh what did you take uh out of the uh out, out of the syracuse louisville win besides whoa
0: uh what was the the first one because you know I, I think i was a lot of people i went to that game and said oh they can win this game or they can lose this game i was l- slightly leaning toward they'd probably lose but i wasn't you know winning the winning didn't surprise me the way they won i think surprised everybody um, and tells you what home field advantage is. Again, okay, you get smacked by Louisville three times in a row, all on the road. So now you get to play him at home. Sean Tucker utilized in every way imaginable, and I think we're going to see even more ways that we haven't imagined yet as the season goes along. That was good to see him catching the ball early on. But And Garrett Schrader looked great. The main problem, obviously, is the aftermath. that You have 22 starters, and two of them are gone already, that's not good. And we've watched Syracuse here for the last half decade, and I don't know how. I mean, it's fluke stuff This seems to happen every year. Like, Stefan Thompson's injury. Louisville threw two dirty blindside blocks on that play. Got flagged twice on that play. Something else hurt Thompson. It wasn't either, <laughs> though. He got hurt by a different guy completely by accident. You can't make it up. They showed
1: that replay th- 30 times, and every time you could see his legs just... He did the... Sp- The unnatural split
0: for no reason. It was just, oh, that's not good, while you're watching other guys getting their heads taken off. But, you know, I I think that game was so important, maybe even more important outside the building than in, but conference win, season opening win, the fans are in. Like, you lose that game, nobody cares about this week. I mean, the team does, but maybe not even the whole team. Like, it it starts to fall apart and fast. I, I think you had to win that game for the sake of the rest of the month, the rest of the season, and they did that, and now you have possibilities, which maybe you, you just didn't know if you are going to have them. Now you have them. That's a good thing.
1: The The floor has, I don't know if the ceiling for the season has gotten higher, but the floors come up, right?
0: Right. So you like can, the rest of the schedule is still very hard, but yes. now you feel okay, well, at least you can. You got one. Yeah. And then you watch the rest of the ACC this week, and you're like, holy crap. We, uh, Do they all stink? They can't all stink. Can't, like what was NC State doing? The Florida State Louisville or LSU game was like, what what is this? Clemson played the worst team in the league. The worst team in the league. Like Georgia Tech is BAD bad. And like what were they doing? The whole game was bad. I'm like I, I didn't know why I was watching it. I kept flipping back to the tennis and like, well, I should go check on this. And like, well, DJ late well, he's still terrible. Then they brought in the, the freshman, Klubnik, on the last drive. you are like, oh, Clemson's going to be fine when Dabo decides to, to do this. And Syracuse-Clemson is slightly later in the year than it has been recently. So it's not going to be like the Trevor Lawrence season where that was the game and then the Orange knocked him out on the first drive. But, like, that change will happen. Clemson will be fine. But nobody looked good in the league this week except Syracuse. It's like, all right, well, if someone's going to look good, it might as well be the Orange.
1: What did you take away from... The The defense, like we knew it was going to be good on the back end, but mm-hmm. they put pressure on Cunningham the whole game.
0: And that was the question. Like None of those guys have played before. Terry Lockett played last year, technically. But the not played five defensive linemen last year, and none of them are here anymore. So you didn't know. It, it wasn't that you thought they were going to be bad or thought they were going to be good. It was impossible to have a thought about them because you had never seen any of them play football before. And, yeah, they got pressure, and they got pressure on a guy that's hard to get pressure on. Even when you get pressure on Malik Cunningham in the past, he gets out of the way, he beats you with his legs, he beats you over the top, which Dino talked about the one play that Garrett Williams made a great play on. I, I like everybody else, I saw that ball in the air, like, without seeing where it was going or what was going on, the first words are, uh-oh, that's a touchdown. There's no way he threw that ball without somebody wide open down there. And the ball's coming down, you're like, he's wide open down there. And then Garrett just appeared. So you're seeing your best player on defense in many ways, which is Garrett Williams, your highest-level pro prospect, making plays like that. The D-line showing itself. The Thompson injuries concerning, but you got two other guys, and then, Uh, You're bringing someone off the bench that nobody's ever heard of before that's getting interceptions, but, uh, yeah, I think the defense is going to be very solid this year.
1: The key is depth this year, right, Brian? You know, do they have it? You know, we're going to find out real (laughs) quick (laughs) (laughs) at the linebacker spot, and, and we'll see how much Elmore's loss changes the way they handle the run game this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chris was out basically all last year, too, so it's tough for him. I don't know how they're going to get him a seventh year, but I know this: if you want to, if you want another year these days, you get one. So I, I don't know what rule is going to apply. He'll it, it, be back if he wants to be back. I say based on nothing at all, which is how the NCAA operates on those things. Instincts. I feel bad for him. Like he came back for a sixth year. You don't you don't have to do stuff like this. He he played guard a couple of years ago just because they needed a guard. Like he's done whatever asked, So you feel bad for him that he gets hurt like that. But it, it at least looks like this year you've got other guys you can put in that role. It, it's and you have other ideas of how to run the offense that losing him while it stinks for him does not mean you're out of options or thoughts
1: let's move to to the preview section of the okay. of the first segment brian let me which you do before every home game the syracuse football pregame show presented by romano amtrak and ferron and son funeral home with bruce williams a mm-hmm. former syracuse uh, player
0: enjoyed having bruce this last saturday out on the quad
1: now all right, before we get into Jordan, we're gonna do how do we avoid you know, I you can't even make this a trap game. How do you make it so that you don't let down
0: in this game's even close? Sean Tucker is a good start. Like, like if Sean Tucker does not have a long touchdown run in this game, I will be shocked. Like he's gonna he's good for big plays. And I, I realize UConn is more competent now. That like Jim Moore Jr. is a real football coach. Like he's coached a real Football. That means they're trying, which is a step up from maybe the last few years. So they're they're kind of in it and trying, but you know they don't have the players yet. Like Tucker's gonna house one from deep. I imagine he'll be well north of hundred. You think if the defense plays like that, UConn does not have anyone that that can move the ball on that. So I I think you just got you got to show up and blow them out. Like if you're Syracuse, and this is not something you ever talk about recently. The last few years, it's like do do whatever you do to win a game. If you want to set yourself up for the rest of this month, you show up. You blow them out, you get your starters out late, and you get set up for this this Virginia and uh, Purdue-Virginia stretch. That That's going to be tricky because they're that's real football games.
1: All right. We got Jordan in the studio. And, uh-huh. and, and I'm seeing where he got this reference from. Can
3: you give me a chance to correct myself, perhaps? Sure. Is the issue with the fact that the teams yes. started the season in two very different places it, it, no. between now and 25 years yes. ago? Yes, and I'm seeing where you got the reference from. Yes.
1: Uh, I read. I read a little bit. Yeah, our good friend Kevin Wall did this. You cannot compare this season to the 1997 season in any way whatsoever. No. Syracuse was coming off a smashing of Ron Dane in Wisconsin. In what, 13 yards, 10 yards? In a neutral site game. in Wisconsin was very, very good, which Louisville was very, very average in the ACC. Right, Brian? Am I?
0: Am I right on this? Well, if we're going to pair it, like Ron Dane was coming off a season where he'd run for 2,000 yards and was considered the best running back in the country. Malik Cunningham is considered pretty good.
3: This is the year I was born, so keep this coming. I appreciate it. Okay. So
0: Jordan missed the game due to just being born. So.
3: I cried slightly less in that year than I did now with Paulie. They Mm -hmm.
0: then
1: went on to play an NC State team, which is very comparable to the Louisville team that they played in, ga- in, in game one of this year, I'll which had Tory Holt.
0: Good, who, good at football.
1: Yes, it was very good and absolutely lit Syracuse up. If Syracuse lost this game to UConn, it would be a monumental, horrible loss in all-time history to Syracuse in Syracuse football. Whereas losing to NC State was a shocker, but they were a quality football team.
3: Okay, okay. so let me just say I was comparing the two in the same way that the air was kind of sucked out of that season and you're unranked the next week. You can't. This would be the same thing. This would do more than first-week Win. I know it's not a top level opponent. You have a big first week win. Everybody's excited. Everybody's looking up. You can't lose week two. Losing to UConn would do
1: more than suck the air out of the program.
3: I know it would suck somebody out of a job. I know that you can't
0: even compare these Mm. two at all. Like the vacuum of space. But um, (laughs) like that Wisconsin game at the time, Syracuse came out of that thinking. That they, they were could be top five like that they were gonna be a top five team in the country. Ask like, the le-
3: fan base. That's what they're thinking now somehow. No, <laughs> nobody's thinking that.
0: Like, or if you are so, I mean, legitimately, like you're
3: on top, Twitter, Brian.
0: Yeah. Top, nobody's thinking they're a top five team. That year, I'm telling you, Jordan, they won that game. Shut down Ron Dane. You went into that game saying, Oh my God, how are you gonna stop this guy? He couldn't gain a yard. I don't mean like two yards. He couldn't gain a yard in the game at all the whole game in the metal lens. You come out of that game, you go to NC State, and honestly, it's 25 years later now. The upsetting part is not the loss. It is how they lost that game and why Rob Conrad did not get a touch. And I'll tell you this on Twitter right now, Jordan. Any Syracuse fan that watched that game is going to agree with it. Like, number 44 didn't get the ball. A freshman, D Brown, got the ball. Fumbled, and then the defense was not prepared, didn't call timeout before the two-point conversion in overtime, and they lost the game. Syracuse fans are upset about how they lost that game 25 years later. Yeah. And very it, upset. It, not that they lost the if game.
1: If you also look at their careers now, Syracuse got, they shut down Tory. you know, uh, Ron Dane, who yeah. had a uh, NFL career, and Tory Holt went on to be a very good receiver. Let's take a quick break. We'll get John Schmelk on the line with
0: us. As, hopefully, uh, that, that, hopefully John won't upset me as much because we got to talk about he, my Giants. He will break down
1: the New York Giants for us as uh, we get ready. Well, he'll be on every week with us, and we'll do that next on ESPN Radio Syracuse, Utica Rome, and QSportsTalk.com.
2: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Orange Nation, hour number two. Stephen Fonti out on assignment. You think he's, I think he's faking and going to the, bo-
0: he's going you think to LA? He's in Los Angeles. He's in LA.
1: He's faking or he's just, he's just prep painting his face for being in the basement to watch he, he's the uh,
0: twelve Labatts deep. He's wearing
1: Zubaz, <laughs> lighting a table on fire to jump through to get ready for Bills season. I mean, you got to prep. It's Pink Day. Happy birthday to Pink. This one uh, is called "Just Give Me a
0: Reason," Brian. Also with fun or the guy from Fun. Lowercase F U N period. What happened to them? And some hits. No longer fun. We're having fun. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got on that, Polly. That's all I got. Should we should we talk Bills, Polly? There yes. is a there's a, a national football league game tonight. We've talked Giants, so they have all the other team people like here that's actually going to be good uh, this season. So uh, let's go to the phone. So we'll bring in uh, Thad Brown. He hosts Buffalo Kickoff Live. He's the sports director at uh, ROC out in Rochester. Thad, uh, welcome in. And man, it's finally here. Like this has been an exciting offseason for the Bills, right? I, I can't think of a season in a long, long time uh, for the Bills that has had the hype and excitement and all that goes into it. What, what's the vibe or, around things as, as we arrive at, at long last the opener here tonight?
2: Yeah, I know how you guys feel. I mean, I just, I posted my, my NFL picks on Twitter, tend to, you know, something I try to do every, every year before the season starts. And I'm, I'm picking the Bills to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I'm thinking, this is too chalky. You know, like, I need to go out on a limb. This is where we are with the Bills, though. You know, we're, we're picking the Bills in the Super Bowl is, well, everybody else is doing it, but I guess it's the only thing that I think is the right answer. So, um, it's it that you know it's that kind of offseason. season? The, the hype is real. Um, the hype is very well deserved too. So, um, you know, it, it's you know I think last year had, had quite a bit of hype, but I mean this one's been different. You bring Von Miller in, you know, in what you know clearly seems like a go for it move, um, and, and you put him on this team that has so many other really really good pieces, and and you know um, it's it, it's hard to really contain you know where Bill's mafia is at right now, but it's all deserved, like I said, and. and And very appropriate.
0: Uh, Von Miller is an interesting place to start just because that goes into the idea of the excitement. In years past, whoever the Von Miller was, they weren't signing with the Bills. The fact that Von decided to sign with the Bills, I I think, kind of tells you everything about what the whole thing is with this season,
2: right? Well, I mean, that's a part of it, but, you know, let's not forget, Von Miller signed with the Bills because they gave him the biggest bag. You know, they they gave him the most money. Um, But, you know the, the bills were a good enough team to where he didn't have to feel bad about saying yes to that. You know it, it's not like not like the the um, uh, on with the bad not like the uh, um, the jaguars offer him the most money. And Then you're like, well, not, not, I'm only coming here for the money because I have no chance to win. He came to Buffalo also because they have you know a good chance to win too, and and. He was, you know, able to take that big contract and, you know, fold it into one of the many reasons why he came to Buffalo. So, um regardless, I mean, that, that that's just one example of how this team is different, how things are different, um, and you know, the the whole. The whole thing as a as a one, um, how do I want to say this one one point of view on it or one one picture. I think is the best way to go about it. You know, it, there's so many little pieces that go into making that big picture that put the bills where they are now as the number one team in the NFL going into the season. It, it is it is crazy to think about because it wasn't that long ago we were still talking about this team having a playoff drought.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's only a handful of years ago uh, now still. And here we are, Josh Allen, you know, has emerged as a, a super-duper star in the NFL and uh, one of the faces of the league, and uh, here he goes. But first time he's going out without uh, the guy that kind of been his right-hand man here, Brian Dayball, is now the Giants head coach. How is Josh uh, adjusted uh, working with, you know, different people on offense where it's not uh, the same two that kind of led him to this point?
2: I think so far the adjustments been pretty easy. You know, one of the big reasons they they promoted Ken Dorsey to the offensive coordinator job is because that's what was the most comfortable thing for Josh Allen. And, and it's been comfortable, you know, it's been, you know, similar terminology, similar, you know, personnel. I mean, if they had gone out and hired an offensive quarter coordinator outside, you know, there's a possibility they'd bring in more offensive staff to fit, you know, whoever this coordinator is. So, you know, uh, although the the guy calling the shots is different, it, it hasn't been that big a change. All that said, you know, they haven't played a game yet, you know, so, so we'll wait and see when, when it goes out on the field, when it happens in a game when you know, when the Bills are down, you know, thirteen three late in the second quarter and nothing's working on offense, well then how does the offense work? That's when you're really gonna, you know, see how this change um will will impact this team and you know, to me it's the number one concern, worry issue, whatever, you know, whatever bucket you want to put that in because, you know, first year play callers and and that's what Ken Dorsey is. He's never done this before. Haven't won a super bowl since 1989, you know? So this is not a a formula generally um, for championship teams. Now to be fair, you know, most coordinators who are in their first year calling plays, you know, don't do it with an offense. That's a a Ferrari like the bills have, you know, normally they're, they're, uh, you know, trying to put together the the lemon or the car that's still, you know, kind of falling apart. So this is an opportunity for a, Guy who's new to the job, but he's going to have all kinds of tools, and you know the job tends to go better when you have all the tools. So you know, um, regardless, when you look back at the the recent champions who have won Super Bowls, the play caller is usually in his eighth years, tenth years, twelfth year. You know, it's not like these are second and third year guys. You can tell that this job to do it at the highest level and to be you know win rings with it. Rec- generally requires a, an amount of experience that Ken Dorsey doesn't even come close to having. So that, that to me, is the number one question for this season.
0: Yeah, and we know uh, initially Brian Dable was trying to bring Dorsey with him to the Giants, so that was a uh, big for the Bills even to keep Dorsey, to keep that continuity going. I'd say the other big thing that that is standing between the Bills, not uh, tonight necessarily, but tonight is part of it, that it is the schedule. I mean, Rams, Titans, Ravens, Chiefs, Packers, Uh, The Bengals are on there, all the the two Patriots games. I mean, this is a very, very uh, tough schedule. How does that set up for the Bills this year when, okay, target's on your back, you're the preseason pick, and uh, you have that gauntlet to run over the next 18 weeks?
2: Yeah, the the first six games are amazingly hard you know it's it's uh rams tonight then the titans at home you know i don't know how good the titans are but they still were the number one seed last year so you know take them seriously then ravens Steelers, maybe a little bit of a breather even though the the Steelers outside the quarterback might still be really good and uh you know then chiefs and uh packers i mean this bill's team could be a super bowl team could be everything we think they are and be three and three through six games you know and and the the Thing after that though is the schedule opens up quite a bit. You, you get the division games, which I think all three teams will be better, but I don't think any of the three are, are quite in Buffalo's you know realm. So there's opportunities for the Bills where you know if they don't start fast, if, if they are three and three after six games, you know they still could end this season you know somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve and five and, and thirteen and four. Um, but this is part of being a first place team. You know you you're going to get you know schedules going to set up that you catch more you know first place teams and 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 better teams. And every team is going to you know. Um, Um, take their best shot at you. In in fact, uh, you know, the the Rams this week, um, I talked to Jordan Rodriguez, or we talked to Jordan Rodriguez on Buffalo Kickoff Live, um, and one of the things she said is that with all the hype that the Bills are getting and and all the talk about them being in the Super Bowl and and, um, they're the favorite tonight on the road, you know, the Rams are home tonight as a defending Super Bowl chance, and are an underdog, it's kind of given them, you know, a little bit of an edge, you know, and, and, and the Bills don't have that to build on. This, this Bills team that's always been the overlooked team, the underappreciated team, you know, it was easy to kind of build up the chip on your shoulder and, and the motivation when you have that. But Bills don't have that this year. Everybody loves them. Everybody's picking them to win the Super Bowl. So it, you know, it, it, it is interesting that you know in this game, you know, the, the team that won the championship might have the the bigger nobody believes in us card to play.
0: Uh, You mentioned uh, the combination of, hey, it's tough early in the schedule. Let's hit the defense, which has been so good now. We talk so much about Josh Allen. The defense and Sean McDermott, he he knows that side of the ball. It's been outstanding for years. But tough early schedule and no Tredavious White early in the season. How how do the Bills overcome uh, the lack of one of the best corners in the league here uh, early in the year? And and tonight, I mean, Cooper Cup set set records last year, and the Bills don't have their guy to put on him here tonight.
2: Yeah, if Ken is the number one issue on offense, this is the number one issue on defense. You know, and even you know Trey White will be back at some point this year, but coming off an ACL, you know, will he be 100% Trey White? Probably not. You know, so um, the the corner play you would think will be not nearly as good as it has been the last few years. The, the question is how close can they get? Uh, I like Dane Jackson a lot. You know, I think there's a reason why you know the Bills had a, a, a spent a first round pick on a corner this year, and Dane Jackson was pretty comfortably ahead of Kyer Elon most of the camp. This is a guy that knows how to play. Um, you know, I. I think he's generally pretty competent. One of his issues last year was, you know, giving up the occasional uh, deep ball, but he had a better uh, preseason and training camp with that this year. So I, I feel comfortable with, with him on one side, and then you got the two rookies on the other side, Elam and Christian Benford. And you know, Benford's been a revelation in camp, and I mean, no one going into camp thought a sixth rounder was going to be competing to be on the on the first team defense, but he, he's been right there and, and you know, doing a deep, good job, kind of holding his own in that competition. Um, Elam has been, you know, pretty much as advertised. You know, he's got the physical abilities speed and size he's very grabby i mean if he plays tonight and get through a half without a flag it'll be an upset um, if he can figure out how to how to you know get that technique and get that hand stuff under control he could be very good but but for game 1 you know it's going to be hard to expect and it's not just cooper cup i think the bills have a little bit of a benefit you know they have Terrence johnson who's a great slot corner that they could Potentially try and travel him around a little bit and, and keep him on cup. But it's not just, like I said, it's not just him. You got Allen Robinson in this game. You know, if you're going to put a rookie on Allen Robinson, I know he had a rough year in Chicago last year, but you know, who didn't? I mean, this is still a guy that's talented enough to take advantage of a rookie that's not ready, you know, to be in the game week one. I think one of the uh, the other benefits, though, is, is because you have the two rookies that are both have shown to be capable, you know, you can start one. If that guy's not working, you sit him down and put the other guy in. You know, it's not like, you know, if Kyrie Elam. Is having a rough night. You don't have to keep running them out there to get beat up all night. You have another option to play. So yeah, I think with with more opportunities and more you know um, uh, players that you can try out there, I think it's a, a better opportunity for the Bills to be as successful as they can be. Even though they're going to you know run out a guy who's never played in the NFL before tonight in, in this huge game.
0: Let me hit you with an offensive question here, Thad, before getting to tonight's game a little bit more. Uh, I, I'm excited about the combo of Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis, kind of as uh, the other two receivers with. with Steph Diggs. How ready are those two guys uh, for their moment this year? It's kind of been the rotating veterans and we've seen those two guys pop a little. Are, Are they ready for the big time all year this year?
2: I think they're as ready as you would anyone in that position could be. I mean, both guys have had multiple years of experience, you know, watching people do the job in front of them. Um, Both guys have had plenty of moments where it looked like they could handle the job full time. It's just a matter of stepping up and doing it. And and, and it is fun because you know you think about who the Bills have had at receiver other than Stephon Diggs during this Josh Allen era. It's been primarily older guys, you know, John Brown, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, these two guys, if they can work in this expanded role, you know, could do this for five. Ten years. I mean, the, these guys could be around for a long, long time. It could, you know, the the, the ceiling on both of them is is very, very high. So I, I think it's very appropriate for Bills fans to be excited about. It. And and you know, I mean, I, the only thing I can sit here and tell you, you know, why it wouldn't work out is because I haven't seen it work yet. You know, I mean, in, in terms of those guys and expanded roles. So um, I, I think that uh, it, it could, you know, easily. And I think both those guys are going to be a huge factors for the Bills tonight. You know, with Jalen Ramsey likely shadowing Stefan Diggs all night. You know, I think Davis and McKenzie are going to have to be two of the guys that will step up and and keep this offense moving. You know, and all the things we talked about that the Bills do well, um, I still think the passing game is is what they call the fastball. So if they're going to take it up to a hundred, it's going to be on those two guys to make plays tonight.
0: All right, lastly, Thad. What are you expecting tonight? I mean, this is a huge game. I mean, the Rams in that building won the Super Bowl. They got darn near uh, everyone back for the for the most part. Obviously, Von Miller's wearing the other uh, uniform tonight, and Odell's uh, still not uh, back with anybody. But, I mean, this is a, a pretty titanic matchup for the opening of the
2: season. Well, what's it come down to tonight? This is what the NFL is doing. You know, this is what they want. They don't, they don't want an average game for the opening night on Thursday. They want the big one. It's so hard to to predict. I mean, you know, week one, you know, both teams have a lot of guys back, but you still don't know how everything's going to look. And, you know, there's always changes. Um, I, I, my gut is, I think both offenses struggle a little bit. I mean, Matt Stafford hasn't had a lot of training camp time. He had the elbow injury that he was nursing through most of camp. I know Sean McVay this week said that there'd be no limitations on him for tonight, Um, but I still think that's a question. And on the Bills side, like we said, you know, with a new coordinator and, 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 you know, new guys in some uh, bigger roles on offense, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a few weeks for the Bills to really get that offense humming. So I I, I think bet the under tonight, I like a lower scoring game. You know, I'm going to pick the Rams, but it, it's it's kind of like I guess I have to pick somebody so let me try and find a reason to do it you know, the Rams are home you know, the Rams, like I said, have that edge and Sean McVay, 5-0 and in season openers you know, Sean McDermott's 3-2 and all three wins are against the Jets and I'm playing the Jets tonight so um, yeah, I, I'll go with the Rams but um, like I said, I think a lower scoring game it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bills win
0: Alright, good stuff, enjoy it tonight we'll catch up again soon
2: Sounds good, guys, thanks for having me on
0: that brownie is the sports director at WROC in Rochester, and you can see him uh, around town here on Channel Nine often as the host of Buffalo Kickoff Live. Paulie, should be a good one tonight.
1: Yeah, I can't wait for football. Got to get my gambling apps, my gambling thumbs fired up for tonight.
0: Yeah, got to get it, warm up the thumbs.
1: Yes, get ready for that. Paulie
0: is literally twitching both yes, of his thumbs right getting now. Getting ready, get the
1: get the gambling thumbs out. And uh, when we come back, we're going to combine two segments here. We need he gamble thumbs for him or no? No, 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 no gamble. Okay. Well, it's a gamble putting Jordan on the air every time. But I'll warm up my thumbs. We're going to have some sound talking uh, the actual Bills game, and we're going to combine it with his uh, MLB around the MLB, what we have left in that. So it's basically a a sound check buyer sell combo with the, with Jordan next. Can't wait. On ESPN Radio, Syracuse, dot QSportsTalk.com.
2: Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com.
1: Blow me one last kiss is the name of this one from Pink. It's Orange Nation. I'm glad you said the whole title, Polly! That is... The one last kiss is in parentheses, so that apparently DJs are saying that it's Happy Birthday Pink Day. What Forty-three
0: you years young and still bringing it.
1: This, uh, this is, this is Pink Day, and uh, she is a hit machine. We got two more coming from her. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're gonna talk UFC with uh, Kevin Trailblazer Holland, a UFC middleweight.
0: He's trailblazed his way onto the program.
1: Not from Portland. That's the only trailblazer I know. Mm. The old uh, Clyde the Gride Drexler years. Uh,
0: Should we ask the Kevin about his, early '90s trailblazers? Who his
1: favorite trailblazer is? Kevin Duckworth. You know the Bill. I wish Steve was here for this soundbite.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Well, it's because you're a Giants fan. I am, and he's. I'm like the. I'm good with the Bills. I like that they're good. You
1: know, Keyshawn Johnson's got his head on straight about the Bills. Okay. And this is his take on the Bills.
0: They don't need it to prove anything to me, right? What they need to do is prove something to themselves as a unit, as a team. When you travel from across the country to the West Coast and you are heavily favored against the Super Bowl champions and you go into their building on a night that I'm assuming, and I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming they're going to drop the banner and do the whole celebration and, and you go in there and you pop them. You're proving something to yourself. You're proving that you belong. The Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, since they've been on this ride, what has been their Josh Allen signature win? Have, do they have one? That's a good question. I mean, they they beat the Chiefs in the regular season last year. Yeah, the
1: Chiefs weren't very good
0: last year. And, but that was the Chiefs were doing weird things that kind of the year. But I mean, that was a huge win at the time. I want to say two years ago when they you know they finally knocked off the Patriots, that was a big win at the time. Um, the, the playoff win last year, the yeah, I get like I Mac well, Jones. Save for the fact that I, I, I mean, I don't remember anything about that game, which probably they doesn't make it a signature. Jones? Yeah, is that,
1: a, is that impressive? Uh, woo, good,
0: <laughs> good job. But like, I, I love Josh Allen. At the time, you know, that was the Saquon Barkley draft, so the Giants picked him ahead of Josh Allen. But at the time, it didn't bother me. I didn't think Josh was going to be this, and I think everyone it. Anyone not admitting they were wrong about Josh Allen right now needs to, you know, get over it. Like, this dude is legit. But, yeah, if if the Bills go out there tonight and put it on them in a way that they come out, you know, get the ball, go down, you know, play some of those top-level Bills where they're just zooming up and down the field and scoring touchdowns, it would be the biggest regular season win, I think, for Josh Allen if they look like they can tonight just because of what it could mean for this year. So... You know, and I I wish it for them because that would be really cool, I think, for Central New York if if they can do that tonight and then, okay, everyone was right, the Bills are about to have this season. Joe Buck had the
1: opposite opinion of – Keyshaw.
2: I think they're worthy of that hype. I think Josh Allen is everything you want in a quarterback, both on and off the field. I think he loves being in Buffalo, and they love him there. Talent-wise, they're loaded. I think they are clearly the best team in the AFC East, and then whoever comes out of that AFC West, I think is going to be a tough team to beat. But, yeah, I, I think they're worthy of the hype, and then, you have, as you guys know, you have to go out there and do it.
1: You know, Joe Buck didn't listen to our show yesterday because he, you know he won AFC West. AFC East, and I'm saying don't sleep on the
0: Ravens this year. Uh, I had Greeny on this morning. Greeny put the Ravens in the Super Bowl the other day. The Ravens were comically injured last year, like all of them. I think Lamar Jackson is also his own agent and has not signed a contract after this year. If he is healthy this year, he's going to get put aid, so Lamar's going to have a big year. Yeah, I think the Ravens are going to be good.
1: Yeah, uh, Kevin Trail, Blazer Holland, talking a little uh, UFC coming up this weekend. UFC 279 is this Saturday. He's facing Daniel Rodriguez, so we'll, uh, well, I'm gonna learn things when you interview him, Brian, because I'm not, I've never, I don't think I've ever watched a UFC fight, not one, not a one. Mm. So when we come back, Brian will handle that. I've watched more than one. Good, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> so we'll uh, take a quick timeout. Come back with uh Kevin Trailblazer Holland on ESPN Radio Syracuse. You can roam in QSportsTalk.com.